1: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy.
0: That's what the poster said. See Ryan
1: Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because
0: I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into?
1: Talking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. All right. Yeah. Our roster looks great on paper. Great on paper.
0: Whoopty Whoopty hell. Whoopty 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 hell. All right. But at the end of the day, we better be a good team, and you start building that during this time of the year.
1: Time of the year. Get your sore ass up! Get your sore ass up! Doing a lot of talking with somebody that ain't doing shit today. Doing a lot of talking. Do you this think you're resume. better than Jarrell Revis is right now? Is I'm better right than now. you. My 24 years of life, I'm better at life than you. Dang, dang! The go time gonna I ain't 36. I ain't never seen you before. Hop. We gotta tell the coach we need some help. We gonna expose you, boy. All right, we come at your ass. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Roundtable. Roundtable. Let's, go. Let's go! What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable podcast. Proud members of the full-time fantasy podcast network. You can find them at FTFPodNet on Twitter. You can find me, Matt Bruning, at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. And you can find my co-host for the day, Mr. Dennis Bennett, at Culture underscore Coach on Twitter. We are just one of a ton of great podcasts associated with this network, some of which are Jim Day of FF Champs, Corey Parsons, and Dr. Roto from SiriusXM Radio. Bob Lung of the award-winning Fantasy Football Consistency Guide, Dwayne McFarlane, Blake Sullivan, and a ton of great others. You can find all of us on FullTimeFantasy.com, your one-stop shop for all of your fantasy news, advice, and strategies. We are also excited to be partnering with ExpandTheBoxScore.com. You can find them at XTBoxScore on Twitter. They have some of the best stats in the industry, college football stats, NFL stats, and baseball stats, basketball stats on the way. They already are pumping those out. College football stats are extremely hard to find if you want to get some of the best stats including Dominator rating and everything they do, team scrimmage yards, I mean everything it's ridiculous, you need to check them out if you like the stuff that I post about college football players on Twitter, I get all of my information from their site and it's just $15 a year for a full site subscription, it is ridiculous how cheap that is and if you use our code ROUNDTABLE you will get 10% off that, again just $15 for an entire year best college football stats and the industry really best stats in the industry that is a steal among steals and again use our code round table to get 10% off of that Dennis is here which you guys know what that means we are breaking down all of Week 11, we will recap the UFC matchup that happened on Thursday Night Football and uh, some of the football that happened in that game. Is unfortunately that part is getting overshadowed by what happened. We'll then talk about all of the games for Week 11 and then a little bit of the pie bet that we jumped into last week and who we're picking this week. <coughs> and as on our typical friday shows we've got mr dennis bennett with us we're recording on a nice early saturday morning for the both of us dennis how was your week and how's your how'd your friday go and how's your saturday morning going so far
0: my my friday was uh, i was kind of on a uh, matt bruning schedule i was up about 3:15 for work and uh, oh, man. and so uh, uh, it didn't break my heart too much that we weren't re- we weren't able to record <laughs> last night. So, you know, spent some time hanging out with the family, and then uh, got an early bedtime. So, Very nice. nice and chipper and back on schedule today.
1: Yeah, sounds like fun. That was, uh, you know, uh, interesting game Thursday, which I, I know we're both looking forward to talking about. I guess. I mean, I, I don't. I, I, I want to talk more about the game, but we'll definitely talk about the UFC match that broke out in there as well. So let's just go ahead and, and jump right in that and, and get that taken care of. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the
0: whole wide already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown! I would be honored.
1: The one up above his head, they can't jump with me. Only tackle like a pony heard. Who can make a play? I can't. Who can make a play? I can I guess, uh. <sighs> Let's just start with the fight to get it out of the way because uh, I, I really don't want to keep talking about it. I feel like obviously yesterday pretty much everyone and their mothers were talking about that stuff. So I'll go ahead and, and give my opinion first and I'll let you t- uh, talk about whatever you want to on that and then we'll jump in and just break down the game. Uh, for me, it was obviously I, – I agree with what Baker said is inexcusable, what, what Miles Garrett did. Uh, I mean, we've seen – everybody's saying they've never seen anything like this. As there have been instances of this. Now, nobody actually connecting with swinging a helmet, uh, but I don't remember what the player's name was a couple uh, – I think it was like six years ago maybe. Uh, a, a defensive player. Antonio
0: hit, Smith and yeah, uh, Richie
1: Incognito. Exactly. Yeah, so he almost hit Incognito. Now, again, he didn't connect – uh, so maybe that's the difference here. Uh, you know, I I know a lot of people are probably going to say something about this. I really don't like the fact that it seems like Mason Rudolph is getting a complete pass here because I do think that he instigated it. A lot of it, he stuck his hands in and tried to rip Garrett's uh, helmet off as well. Now, that does not mean you should get hit in the head with your helmet, but... I do think Rudolph should have gotten a little bit more suspension as well. Uh, outside of that, I mean, I, I don't think that the NFL got it wrong. They suspended Garrett for the rest of the year. That that sucks as a Browns fan, but he deserved it. I, I, Miles Garrett, I'm, I'm not going to lie, maybe this will get me some flack as well. He's still one of my favorite players because of how talented he is. It was a stupid move. I, I don't like the talk of everybody saying he needs to be kicked out of the league because it's something we've both talked about. We've watched... Women and children getting beat and and injured and just all kinds of stuff happened by other players and they usually get, if anything, any kind of suspension and we're all okay with them being back in the league. So, I think a lot of this, you know, I'll use Tyreek Hill as an example. Once he came back, a lot of fantasy players were lauding him. So, is it just because you don't have Miles Garrett in an an IDP league that you're not happy about it? Like, I, I think the... The way a lot of people are handing this is is very, uh there's a lot of hypocrisy going on. What Garrett did was wrong. He deserves to be suspended for the entire year, and I wouldn't be surprised if he gets suspended for some games next year as well, but he deserves to be back on the field. I understand what he did was wrong, and he could have seriously injured Rudolph had he connected with him in any other way with that helmet. People make mistakes. If he does it again, he should be out of the league for good, but he does deserve a second chance in my opinion. Your thoughts on everything that went down Thursday night
0: yeah I'm, I'm not sure that Rudolph is necessarily getting a pass it, it's hard to talk about the little thing when the big thing was so big and glaring it, it really uh, it, when, you talk, when you talk about what Rudolph did it, most people perceive it as making an excuse for Garrett's behavior yeah. and, and, and there isn't an excuse for that you, you, you just can't behave that way But you got big guys playing a violent game. And all right, so if I'm in a bar and this big dude walks past me and takes my hat, uh, and if I charge him, do I expect he's just going to give me my hat back or do I expect he's probably going to stick a big mid out there and pop me in the face? Yeah, Probably not the greatest analogy, but it's not – Getting hit with the helmet isn't Rudolph's fault. That was that was Garrett. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was engaged with DeCastro and fighting that off, and, and he just reacted. And, you know, there's a book out there called "When Good People Do Bad Things." Uh, I haven't read it. I posted it yesterday, sort of half jokingly, <laughs> that uh, some people might want to dip into it this weekend, mostly based on its title. Uh, but G- Garrett was wrong. I, I don't think his suspension should go into next year. I don't think he should be banned from the league. Uh, I do think suspending him for the rest of this year is a sufficient punishment. Uh, you know, I, I, they keep posting the the hit on Trevor Simeon. I don't – you know, that was – maybe it was yeah. borderline, but everybody wants to call it a blatantly late hit. There, there are things – continuation plays happen all the time, and, and it's easy to say, well, they should have – should have pulled off or they should have been able to stop. Uh, the the targeting by by Randall, you know, it, it looked bad, but also we see a lot of times that the offensive players, when they're getting ready for contact, they duck down. The defensive player will be in position, and then the offensive player ducks to, to prepare for impact. And now their helmet is in the way, and that's still the defender's fault. Uh, it, it just there, there's a lot of things that happen in the game that yes, you have to call the penalty on the on the way it looks. I don't know that Randall was necessarily targeting Deontay Johnson. Uh, the optics of it were terrible, especially when he took took his helmet off and he's bleeding from his ear. Um, it was a violent game, and I suspect in two weeks it, it could get out of hand pretty quickly. I, so whoever's whoever's refereeing that game in two weeks in Pittsburgh, uh, they're, they're going to need to be, be uh, on their P's and Q's.
1: I agree with they'll have to be on their P's and Q's. I don't know if it will, uh, just because uh, a lot of the stuff that kind of came out really seemed to be targeted toward Garrett. I I don't think anybody had an issue with the Randall hit. It did not look like he had intent. He even looked like he was pretty upset about it after the fact. Uh, I don't uh, it, it was just unfortunately like you just said, it's one of those things where yes in slow motion it looks like he has intent because everything in slow motion looks like that. You can't you can't base it on slow motion, which is kind of why I hate the targeting stuff in college football because a lot of time that stuff is happening in a split second. And when Deontay Johnson is moving, he's not doing it on purpose, but he's changing his angle. Demarius Randall is already coming in with his angle set, and you can't pull up at the last second. You just can't. This dude's going full speed to try and get Deontay Johnson. So I don't think that was a dirty play at all. I don't think a lot of people – I haven't seen many people talking about it as a dirty play, to be honest. So I don't know if, if people are – I mean, they're probably just latching on to what happened with Garrett. I'm with you on the Trevor Simeon thing. I saw that everywhere. There was someone who posted Miles Garrett's uh, this really dirty player, and I do think he's going to have that moniker on him now after doing that, um, and then, and that's on him. He's going to be the one who has to try and, and prove that he's not a dirty player. I, I personally don't think he is. Uh, You know, I know they did post one thing that I, I agree with. He did try and punch Delaney Walker in in, in week one. He did do that. Okay, so maybe it was a frustration thing. I get that. You just came out in week one and you, you know, maybe you weren't thinking it, but everybody was saying Browns are the AFC North Division winners and then you guys just come in and get spanked in game one of the new season. Maybe it was a little bit of frustration there. But the Trevor Simeon play, I mean, come on. Like, if it was any other... Person who did that, nobody would be talking about it as a dirty play. Well, did it suck? Yes, no, no one wants to see Trevor Simeon get knocked out of the game like that, but it's not like Miles Garrett went in low on him and took his knee out or anything like that. He hit him. Was it a tad bit late? Yes, okay, it happens. Uh, we've seen it all year long. I mean, you've probably got what at least two roughing a passer calls a game out in the NFL nowadays like that. To me, you cannot throw that in there one bit, so. I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm. I hope that the game in two weeks isn't at all bad. Like, uh, really, you got Pouncey won't be there. The only player who is involved in all that's going to be there is Ogunjobi, because uh, he only got the one game suspension, so he misses this week against the Dolphins. He'll be back for the Steelers game. I would think everything would be calm and cool. Well, I mean, I guess you got Rudolph there too, but I don't. I don't think the Browns are going to try and go after Rudolph for anything. I, I would assume they won't. I hope they don't. I hope like they do in the I think it's the NBA, no, uh baseball. Uh baseball. If if two teams have bad blood and everything, they'll talk to him before him like, "Look, this is your warning. You do anything, you're immediately ejected." I hope that the NFL referees do something like that like, "Look, we understand that what happened two weeks was bad. The the, the main players in the party are out of here now. Let's just play football and we'll see what happens." Hopefully that is what happens. And they did actually play a football game on Thursday night, and the Browns came away with a huge win. It wasn't pretty on the offensive side. The defense played really good, or maybe it was Pittsburgh's offense played really bad. But Baker comes through uh, with 30 points, in this one gets you a a couple touchdowns, which was nice to see. Did kind of miss Odell. Right there at the beginning of the game for another touchdown, it gets you two touchdowns, 193 yards, 17 of 32, gets you a rushing touchdown as well. Nick Chubb continues to have a really good year, 92 yards on 27 carries uh, to come in with 11.8 points. Jarvis Landry continues to lead the wide receivers with 14 points, 43 yards, four catches, and a touchdown. Odell, 60 yards on four catches. Again, should have had a touchdown 10 points in this one. And then Kareem Hunt, who now has outscored Nick Chubb two weeks in a row, just 12 yards on six carries, but gets 46 yards on six catches. I, I Me and Matt kind of talked about it a little bit last week. I, I said that Jarvis Landry was the guy to play. Just based on the matchups uh I still think you can play Odell, but he's more of a flex option, but what about Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb for you? Matt said that he was a little bit worried uh, about the way they use Kareem Hunt in week one. We've now had two game sample size. What are your thoughts on the Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb split
0: well i I think Kareem Hunt is what everybody wants Duke Johnson to be,
1: yeah, <laughs> you
0: know <laughs> That's fair. it's- Kareem hunt can play play some football he He's an exceptional pass catcher. Exceptional in all uh, all phases of the game. Uh, I don't think Hunt has the breakaway speed that Chubb has. He doesn't have the power that Chubb has. Uh, I think they are an extremely high-level pair of complementary backs, and they have a significant portion of overlap in what they do. So putting one or the other in the game doesn't create a tell for your offense, you know, to use a poker term. Right. Um, you know, if you have Hunt in there, you can run just as easily as you can throw. And if you have Chubb in there, while they don't throw it to Chubb as much, he's a capable pass catcher. Uh, and I, I I think it's, as a, as a Chubb owner, I think it's a little bit frustrating because you do want to have your stud running back get all of the touches. Yeah. But as a football fan and a Cleveland Browns fan, uh, I also want my team to win. And, you know, the two of them together give the team a better chance to win. Uh, You know, so Dontrell Hilliard is not going to become a thing. Uh, Thank God uh, for that. So I I, I like it from a football standpoint. I think it might, you know, it's going to push Chubb from being potentially – a top 5 to 8 back, probably down to a 10 to 15 back mm-hmm. because it is going to take some touches away from him. Uh, Hunt is going to be consistently flex-worthy. I, I don't think Hunt is going to outscore Chubb a lot. Uh, it, I mean, he only outscored him by, what, couple, two points, yeah. three points?
1: Both weeks it's been like, last week I think it was by a point, and then this week, yeah, two points. Or no, actually, one point again.
0: And it's the the PPR points. It isn't yardage. So in a PPR, do you maybe slide Chubb down further than you do in a half point or in a standard? Uh, Yeah, yeah, you do. You you have to adjust accordingly because Hunt uh, Hunt is going to get those pass catching attempts he's get, getting the targets mm-hmm. so uh, i i like hunt uh as somebody who has shares of both both players uh i'm kind of hoping hunt gets an opportunity to go somewhere where he can be the man because we've seen what he can do when he's the man and while it makes the browns a better team and yes i'd love to win uh i i think that uh from a fantasy perspective, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, there be a little bit of a breakup of that their romance.
1: Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I'm a, i I'll just say the the same thing I told Matt. I'm not that worried about it. I still think Chubb, He's clearly out carrying. Uh, out carrying uh, Hunt. And I, it does suck that he's losing out on those pass-catching uh, plays now because obviously we saw a lot of that last year really kind of helped him. Had a lot of good runs last year, but they had some really good plays in the in the receiving game. So that does limit his opportunities to score. And I do think that's where the biggest part is going to come from him now is that he's got to score. We've seen that the Browns – Really are struggling to score in the red zone here lately. Obviously, as, as someone who owns Chubb, I mean, I know Baker, Baker in a lot of leagues as well. I personally would have loved to see Chubb get that rushing touchdown, uh, Thursday night, not Baker, yeah. uh, just to kind of get well, hey, him back us, in the red how zone. How about, how about zone.
0: when we get down, when we're down inside, say, the five yard line, yeah. how about instead of bringing in, uh, three tight ends? that we bring in three wide receivers and spread that defense out so there's some room for Chubb to actually get in the end zone.
1: Well, that's the same thing I told Matt, actually, on the podcast last week because he was asking what happened and why. And I was like, to me, I'm right there with you. They put everybody there, and then the defense knows you're just going to run the ball. and It doesn't matter how – you could have the best offensive line in the game. If they got all their defenders coming down at you, you're likely not going to be able to score. So. I'm with you on that 100%. Like I said, I would have loved to see Chubb get in there. I still think Chubb's got the – I think he still has a chance to finish top 12 because I don't know how many people are paying attention to this. Uh, But Chubb's actually third right now in the league in rushing. Like he's having a really good year, and I think that continues. It's crazy too – to say that because as, as I know you watch the Browns games as I do, they don't even run Chubb that much. They need to run him more. So to me, the fact that he's up there, if he starts scoring some touchdowns here in the last couple weeks, which again, we've talked about, me, or not me and you, cause, uh, we haven't had, uh, we usually are previewing the games where me and Matt have looked further ahead in some of the, in some instances. The Browns have a really cake schedule going forward here. They're about to play a a lot of teams that give up a ton of yards on the ground, including the Dolphins, the Cardinals, and the Bengals. The Bengals twice. So, Chubb has a really good shot here to not just put up yards, but possibly score touchdowns. If he does that, I still think he's good to go. I'm with you on Hunt. He's proven he is at least a flex play, if not better, every single week. Because if he scores you a touchdown, he's jumping up into that middle-tier RB2 range all of a sudden. So, I think they're both playable. I'm not that worried as Chubb, and I'm I, I'm with you again on the Hunt. If Hunt moves on, Chubb is going to be, maybe, my my one suggestion, I guess if you're in a dynasty league, if you can, maybe if you've got someone panicking on Chubb, buy low on him now. Because I think once Hunt does move on, because I do think he will, Chubb is going to be an absolute stud in this backfield if Freddie Kitch Kitchens can get out of his own way and stop playing Dontrell Hilliard. Hmm. on. Pittsburgh side, we we didn't see much out of them. We a lot of injuries for Pittsburgh last night. Juju goes down with a concussion. James Conner comes in, re-injures the shoulder. He's back out. Uh, I think as long as he's out, Jalen Samuels is a good play. He gets you 15.5 points in this one. Uh, a good another good game for him. 15 yard I'm sorry, 26 yards on five carries, but does add 49 yards on three catches. Uh, And then really just James Washington, who had to step up with Deontay Johnson going out as well. 49 yards on three catches to come in with 7.9 points. Rudolph 17 points in this one going uh, 23 of 44, 221 yards, one touchdown, four interceptions. What are, what are you, any thoughts, concerns, anything with the Pittsburgh offense? I mean I feel like Juju's kind of moved down into flex worthy play. Unfortunately, ever since big Ben's gone out, Connor, I would not be surprised if he does. Well, he will play again, I guess, because Pittsburgh's in the playoff race. But I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play next week with that shoulder injury. So Samuels is good to fire up. But what are your thoughts on Pittsburgh?
0: Well, I I think a lot of Rudolph's potential success depends on the Steelers being able to run the football. And with Connor out, they're not as effective running the football. Uh, Samuels isn't a great he's not. A, he's a great pass catching back, but he's not. He's not good. He's not terribly effective running the ball. Uh, I don't know if Benny Snell is going to be the answer with Connor out. If if Snell can get healthy, Um, you know, Snell does have sort of that patient style like uh, Lev Bell had, and so maybe he'll be able to be effective. You know, Snell's not super athletic. He's not fast, but in the nfl you don't have to be either one of those to be uh, an effective running back especially when you've got a a pretty solid offensive line so for the steelers rudolph's success in the passing game is going to depend on their ability to run the ball if not then you're looking at another you know 15 target game for jalen samuels on check downs and short routes that that's tough uh you know that 17 points for Rudolph was, was that minus 2 for interceptions as well? Or was that just straight based on yardage and stuff?
1: The, yeah, that was not a the when I look at the points it's not a no negatives for interceptions. So obviously he had a horrible okay. day for the negative interception day, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I was going to say even if it did, you know, then you'd add eight more points to that total. Um, you know, four interceptions it, it even bad quarterbacks don't throw a lot don't have a lot of four interception games yeah so i don't know if i i would suspect that if he continues to struggle though we might see a little bit more duck hodges down the stretch
1: that would be very interesting especially someone who owns uh, a couple shares of mason rudolph that would that would actually suck all right let's go ahead
0: it does look like washington has started to push his way back up over deontay johnson i think the two of them are starting to really um established that there's going to be a battle you know Washington didn't just roll over and let Johnson take that number 2 spot True. he's starting to play well
1: yeah and i mean i would imagine he's going to get a chance to keep being the the top dog cuz i, I with i mean i you mentioned earlier with the with the blood coming out of Deontay Johnson's ear, it's easy to assume he has a very, I mean, all concussions are serious, but that he could be held out for a while. So if that is possible, Washington's going to get more and more time as the one or two because we also don't know when Juju will be coming back as well. All right, now we'll jump in and we will preview the rest of week 11.
0: We eating all day, bro. I'm hitting you every time. Every time you come is well, I'm going to hit you. I'm not going to be able to do that. You don't want no problems.
1: Alright, so we're going to kick off the Week 11 previews with the Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers, an NFC South matchup here that uh, might actually be an interesting game with what we saw out of the Falcons last week against the Saints. So Carolina is getting 4.5 points in this one and the 50.5% chance to win this game. On the Panthers' side here, they are going up against a very bad passing defense, but a middle-of-the-pack rush defense. defense uh, Rush defense, 17, passing, 1. So CMC and Moore, we know, are the guys here. You, know, you talked about it, gave you a lot of props. I think it was two weeks ago on the Monday pod with Matt, uh, you were talking about how DJ Moore was going to have a better game than Samuel. I wasn't kind of sure. Maybe it was the other way. I don't remember, but you called it right. You called it right on the money with those two guys. And Moore really has seemed to. uh, Yeah, you are. You are very good like that. Um, uh, Moore has uh, definitely looked like he has stepped up and become the one here, at least with Kyle Allen. So you know you're playing those two, but what about Samuel? Where do you kind of rank him? And again, a really good matchup for him this week against the Falcons.
0: I think Samuel is a consistent flexworthy play. play. Uh, he gets a he if if you buy the air yards model as a predictor of coming success, then you should be buying all the Samuel you can get because he's in he's like top three in the NFL in air yards. Okay. It's just not quite translating yet. So at some point he's. Allen is going to start hitting him. He's going to start reeling those in, and he's going to start breaking off those big chunks and in, in long touchdowns. Uh, I saw, I think it was Ian Hartitz that posted on Twitter yesterday or the day before. Uh, said DJ Moore is the best wide rec- is the better wide receiver of the two, uh, but Curtis Samuel is the better football player. Interesting, which is kind of an interesting juxtaposition of the two. You know Samuel can do a lot of things. You know he played some running back when he was at Ohio State. I think him and Samuel or Samuel and Moore make a nice pair. They're both very explosive. Yeah. Uh, Moore does do a little more of the intermediate stuff, and obviously the closer to the line line of scrimmage you are, the the higher potential for completions. The percentage rates go up. Uh, but Samuel's. He's fast. He's a good, good wide receiver. Um, he's not just, he doesn't quite have the technical skill that Moore does. Uh, but he's come a long, long way since he's been in the NFL. So I'm very comfortable starting Moore at what, you know, maybe a wide receiver two or wide receiver three. And Samuel is a wide receiver three and flex. Okay. Um, but Samuel does have that upside.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we saw him have a beautiful touchdown grab uh, a couple weeks ago as well. On the Falcons' side here, so the Panthers um, are pretty much the opposite. They have the uh, pa- giving up the 18th most to- in the passing game, but third in the rushing game. So they are just getting killed on the ground. Unfortunately, Devontae Freeman is out of this one, so that likely means it's Brian Hill time. I would assume at least he he will be the running back. We'll get your opinion on him real quick. As we both know, you're going to play Julio, so we'll just go ahead and throw that out there. So my questions for you. We know no Austin Hooper. We know De- no Devonta Freeman. Brian Hill and possibly Calvin Ridley to step up with Austin Hooper out. What are your thoughts on uh, Atlanta?
0: Well, if you look at the, the target tower, it's Julio, it's Ridley. Um, I'm not sure who's their tight end, Luke Stocker? You know, yes no he's a he's a blocking tight end uh so it isn't much so hill is gonna get some targets it, the the running back is gonna be hill and quadri allison is finally gonna get a shot so it's uh i'm i'm excited to to see what quadri does as as you know i've been a big fan yeah. of his for a long time yes so hopefully they they work that they're able to complement, but from a target perspective, it's it's Samuel or uh, excuse me, it's uh, Julio and and Ridley, and then Russell Gage. You know, he could it could be one of those games where Gagers, Justin, I don't, is Justin Hardy still there? I don't even know who their fourth is. I know Marvin Hall is gone, uh, we'll but uh, it could be one of those games where whoever that third third or fourth wide receiver is steps up and uh, you know becomes relevant for a game. Uh, I like Julio and, and Ridley to you know, combine for 20-plus targets.
1: Yes, Justin Hardy is still there. I would imagine uh, it would be him or, or Russell Gage, as you were just talking about, because the other guys, I'm going to be honest, I've never even heard of, and Christian Bra- Blake and Olamide Zaccheaus. Zaga- 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 I, I couldn't even yeah, tell yeah, you. Yeah,
0: I've got some shares of Olamide Zaccheaus or Zacharias, whatever it is. there we Zac-ius.
1: Go. Zac-ius, yeah. Okay. All right, who are you picking to win this one, the Falcons or the Panthers?
0: Oh, I'm rolling the Panthers.
1: As am I. The next one I think is actually going to be a very interesting game as well. Wish Matt Stafford was playing in it. I think it'd be a whole lot more interesting. Cowboys and the Lions. The Cowboys are getting 6.5 points in this one. And they are the 68, given the 68% chance to win this game. Cowboys defense has been pretty much phenomenal this year. They've got 15th against the rush, 31st against the pass. So you are not doing almost anything in the passing game against them. And again, I think if Stafford would be there, these guys would have a better chance. Jeff Driscoll didn't look horrible last week, but he also did not look great. He's just kind of a mediocre quarterback, which is fine as a backup for me, and I know these are your Detroit Lions, so you can tell me what you think, but I think Kenny Galladay is the only play for me. I think he still has a chance to score. We saw him score with Driscoll, but I'd be worried about everybody else. What are your thoughts on Detroit and their matchup against a good Dallas defense?
0: Well, I, it's it's going to be a tough game to be a Lions fan, but that being said, Uh, The Cowboys are going to probably put up some points. So that means Detroit is going to they're going to have to do two things. They're going to have to try to run the ball effectively to shorten the clock. And if they fall behind, then they're going to have to start throwing with Driscoll. Uh, Driscoll doesn't have a great arm. Uh, You know, he's he's a bounce around backup for a reason. So the sleeper, I think, is Danny Amendola. So, who who's the uh who's the cowboy slot corner you remember off the top of your head
1: i don't uh, i'm the only guys that i probably
0: I've probably paid. a reason we don't remember yeah a, t- um, a
1: ton of attention too is obviously a woozy and um uh, what's a uh, and, and, and jones. uh jones yeah they, they both play on the outside who is it is that plays in I know it's not. Because um, the other guy they've got this really good is Heath. I don't remember, but uh, yeah, no, Wood. Is it,
0: maybe he's going to move up. I don't think he can Woods? stay with Amendola's quickness, though. So potentially, you know, Amendola could be in for one of those, you know, nine catches for seventy nine yards kind of games. Uh, not that I want to bank my pie bet on Danny Amendola. Uh, right, it's certainly not the way I'm going. <laughs> you know, Galladay is showing that he's he's a stud. Uh, he's going to, they're going to have to take some shots with him and try to get him the ball. Uh, you know, Marvin Jones too, but Jones doesn't seem to ever quite hit that efficiency level that you'd like to see from him. Jones will have some of those days where, you know, he catches everything and then he'll have some days where, you know, he can't catch anything. Yeah. Uh, Galladay, he's just got that big body. I think he's going to match up good. Um, with probably, uh, I think Jones is the the bigger of the two cornerbacks, so maybe they match him up with Galladay. It's going to probably be a tough game, especially since the Lions don't really have a rushing game. Um, It'll be interesting to see what Matt Patricia's game plan is and and Daryl Bevel's game plan is, but I don't know that I'd be comfortable uh, throwing out anybody but Galladay.
1: Yeah, um, I'm right there with you. On Dallas' side, I'm I'm actually not sure that they're in for a huge day here. I mean, the Lions' defense really has kind of struggled here over the past couple weeks, uh, dropping down to uh, second-most points against the rush, 13th against the pass. So I think Zeke is in for a big day here. Uh, and, and for me, it's more Gallup and Cobb in this one. I do think that this is finally, when we, me and Matt have talked about it, Amari Cooper has been an absolute stud so far this season. And it does hurt me to admit that, but he has been phenomenal. But I think this is that first matchup, and I've talked about it for the past couple of weeks now, that the Cowboys come in with a couple really good secondaries here in the next couple of weeks. And I do think Darius Slay has a chance to shut down Cooper. Now, I don't think he's going to completely shut him out, but I'm not expecting such a, bi- a big game out of him like he's produced the past couple weeks. So you're still playing him because he does have that chance to just score that touchdown is going to make your day for you. But I wouldn't expect a huge day out of him. I think they're going to lean more on Zeke, and I think with the matchup of Slay on Cooper, it's going to be more of a Gallup day. What about you? What are your thoughts on on Dallas here in this one?
0: Well, I, I think if you have Cooper, you throw him out and you expect him to be a wide receiver. One, um, he it sometimes he does come up small, but he's virtually matchup proof. And, and it's he, he's a big guy that runs great routes and he's fast. And while Darius Slay is uh, or was a great cornerback, I, I I don't know that he's playing consistently at that level this year. Um, I I think you play Cooper and you expect he's going to, you know, have have a good week. Uh, I do like Gallup. I actually just tried to pull off a trade where I I got some draft picks and Melvin Gordon back, or gave Melvin Gordon and got Gallup and some draft picks back. But uh, my my uh, trade partner went with a a shittier deal, in my opinion. But anyways, (laughs) uh, he just didn't want to give up the amount of draft picks I wanted for Melvin Gordon. I love Gallup. I think, you know, the the Amari Cooper uh, contract situation uh, makes me kind of want to get Gallup on my teams. Uh-huh. I think if Cooper leaves, Gallup is, he's taken a, a step this year and I think he's shown <clears throat> that if he's healthy, uh, he's ready to take, that step up to be uh, a team's number one. I think him and Cooper make a very formidable, uh, wide receiver one, two punch. And so I don't hesitate one bit with Gallup and I don't think Dak does either. Mm -hmm. So he's, he has confidence in all three of those wide receivers. Yeah. Uh, It's going to, I I agree with you that it's probably going to be a Zeke day just because they're going to be able to run the ball pretty effectively. Uh, snacks, Harrison, uh, doesn't quite it hasn't quite brought the run stopping prowess this year that he did last year when he first came over. Uh-huh. Um, but then again, you end up with with teams playing over their head and matt patricia is is starting to develop that uh, game planning type of reputation. I, I think Patricia's done a really good job this year with with the lions and and uh, for some of the losses they've had that have had, Lions fans uh, doing a lot of hand-wringing. Uh, I, I like the direction that Patricia has taken the team.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. We, uh, Me and Matt talked about it on Monday's podcast. Uh, I think – Really, they could have had at least two games. They should have won. I think they should have beaten the Chiefs, and then they should have beaten Arizona as well. So they could very easily be sitting at five and five right now, and in and in the race for a wild card spot in the NFC. So Detroit is not at all a pushover. Like I said, I think the biggest factor in this one is not having Matt Stafford. Because I honestly think, and and I'd love to get your opinion on this real quick before we pick the game. I honestly think. With what we saw out of Jeff Driscoll last week, again, I understand Jeff Driscoll's not Matt Stafford, but with the way this offense was humming, I think you could have made arguments for Matt Stafford being up there in the MVP conversation with Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, and Christian McCaffrey.
0: Yeah, I, I think you can make the argument, but it's kind of like the Heisman voting. It's sort of uh, uh, more of a regional argument. So if you get up around the uh, the upper Midwest there, I think then you start to say, oh, hey, uh, Matt Stafford should be in the conversation, but you know, you get down in you know Georgia and Texas and whatnot, and they're like, "What are you talking about, fool?"
1: <laughs> so, all right, I assume you're picking Dallas to win this one. I, I am unfortunately. As am I. Next up, you got the Jags and the Colts. The Colts are getting two point five points in this one and are being given the fifty six percent chance to win this game. For the Colts, the Jaguars, 16 uh, most points against the rush, 21st against the pass. So really not a great matchup for either sides of the ball here. We do know Brissett is back in this one, but everybody on this team is beat up. No Paris Campbell. I don't know uh, if people have seen the picture you posted in one of our chats yesterday. His hand just looks d- just messed up. I-, I honestly feel bad for the kid. Uh, we know that they look T-Y- like a football. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, T.Y. Hilton is also out, so you're leaning on Zach Pascal. Devin Funches is back, so that might be an interesting play. But we know Jack Doyle is likely going to miss as well.
0: So are you is starting? Going to be active?
1: I ooh, I don't know. Let me look really quick. Why? why are you going? To, are you willing to start anybody for Indianapolis?
0: Well, I, well, I'm definitely starting Marlon Mack, but from the wide receiver position. I, I think Pascal has shown that he's a, a reliable target, uh, probably in the wide receiver three flex range. You know, he, he just sort of uh, gets it done in a rather pedestrian fashion. I think, uh, you know, I had a trade offer come across my desk uh, a couple days ago, uh, a third-round pick for Cole Beasley on a team uh, that's that. I have some pretty high level talent, and I have Devin Funchess, uh and John Ross getting ready to come off IR. And I thought to myself, I'd rather have a third round pick next year than Cole Beasley if I have these two guys coming off IR to be my. Now I, I've lost Brandon Cooks and uh, Sterling Shepard, so Ross and Funchess would probably be in my wide receiver three or four range on that team now, uh-huh. but I, I I'd rather, I, you know, I, I'd rather have the pick and Beasley and have Funches. I think when Funches comes off, of IR, uh, he automatically, he's going to move right up to that, that top target with the, the Colts. Yeah. So, uh, and you know, volume is King in fantasy now, granted they've got Marlon Mack. And so they're going to try to run the ball whenever they can run the ball. Uh, but I think Funchus is going to slide right in and with T.Y. Hilton out down the stretch. It, they get Hilton back. They get Funchus back. Uh, the Colts could be kind of uh, a sneaky threat down the stretch.
1: Don't I know it? Um, uh, you know, I've been talking about him since the, since the Andrew Luck news. I did not think that the, they would take that big of a step back having Brissett there. Uh, yeah, Funt just looks like from what I just read that he's probably at least a week or two away still, that they, they can activate him, but he's not fully cleared practice yet just due to the shoulder. So we will not see him, uh, this weekend against the Jaguars. On the Jaguars side, the Colts are really good on defense. 27 w- against the rush, 24th most points against the pass. So, Bad matchups all around as well as well for the Jaguars. We got Nick Foles coming back, his first game back since week one and injuring that throwing shoulder. I still think Leonard Fournette is in your lineup. We've seen he is a top twelve running back this year. I I love that Fournette has finally kind of come through on his value. But what about the wide receivers? I know you're a big DD Westbrook guy. Uh for me, I think it would be the chark attack is the only guy I would feel comfortable playing. He he is their one. Uh and, and I do think that even though most of his stuff has come with Gardner Minshew now. He did get that touchdown pass from Nick Foles in week one. Foles was targeting him a little bit uh, before he got knocked out and injured. Uh you willing to play anybody from the wide receiver core for the Jags?
0: Uh, I am willing to play Westbrook. Okay. While Foles did target Chark with that touchdown, he really targets Char- uh, Westbrook. Uh, so I'm comfortable starting Westbrook. Uh, I do think that... Uh, You know, it's one of those games where – or one of those teams where, you know, you can have D.D. with seven catches for 85 yards and a touchdown and Chark with three catches for 102 yards and a touchdown. And when you look at the fantasy points at the end of the day, they're like within a half a point of each other. But because one's getting a ton of yards, uh, it makes up for the one who's getting the higher amount of targets. Right. But I do think that it's a, uh, a Leonard Fournette game. I, I They have confidence in Fournette. Fournette has confidence that he can run the ball. Uh, if, if Fournette was getting any kind of play when they got inside the five-yard line and scored a touchdown here and there, uh, I don't think there would be any real conversation about him being a top five back. But he's just not getting in the end zone.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, 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 in all honesty, and I know this is going to be crazy to say, if he was getting touchdowns as often as they're getting in the red zone to go along with the passing work and everything he's done, I think he would be sitting at three right now. I mean, he's not yeah. that far behind. He's about sixty points behind Aaron Jones, who's sitting at three right now. I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't put him with Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook, who are both sitting over two hundred, which is just ridiculous to begin with. Uh, But I wouldn't put him up there in that category, but I could easily see him being right up there with with Aaron Jones had he been scoring some touchdowns, especially with the the amount of passing work he's been getting. It's just been, if anybody bought low on him this year, it has really, really worked out for you. Uh, Who are you picking to win this one, the Jaguars or the Colts?
0: I am going to go with the Jags. Uh,
1: That is who I picked as well. Mostly... Did that because I was hoping I need the Colts to lose so the Browns can possibly make the playoffs. So I think the, those hopes are kind of gone now with everything that happened Thursday. Next up, we've got a game that I don't think many will be watching, and that is between the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the Bills here are getting 6.5 points and being given the 64% chance to win this game starting on the Dolphins side here bills are um, giving up the 10th most points against the rush 30th against the pass uh, I just I don't think you can start anybody on Miami do you disagree with that
0: you know it's uh it's a dicey situation uh Balazs gets the volume but we saw what he did with what what he have 22 carries for 47 yeah. yards yeah So uh, in my eyes, he met expectation there. (laughs) Um, So, you know, losing Preston Williams, I think Devontae Parker is somebody you can start. Mm -hmm. Uh, Granted, he's going to be going up against Tredavious White mostly, but uh, he's he's the number one receiver in that offense now. Uh, He's Mm -hmm. been healthy, I think, uh, uh, and Fitzpatrick, he gives no fucks. He'll throw the ball. It doesn't matter if you're covered or not.
1: That is very true.
0: And uh, so it, it's just going to come down to is is Parker going to be dog enough to, to fight through the the hand fighting and the the, the bodying up that Tredavious White's going to be doing to be able to just concentrate and catch the ball. Yeah, I, I think there will be some opportunity there. Yeah. Um, I don't, gosh, I'm not even sure who's who's going on the other side across. You know, is it Albert Wirt Wilson, Jakeem Grant? You know. Is, is Giseki gonna become a thing? That
1: was you that know, was he the had a one person. Good I, game
0: a couple weeks ago, and then he kind of disappeared last week.
1: Yeah. He he's the one that maybe I would feel comfortable starting. Uh, and that's just because of how weak tight end is. Maybe throw a flyer on him because with Tredavious White being on Parker, you are right. Fitz is going to throw it whether you're open or not, so I guess that uh, that may not matter. But I'm, if he does decide to check down, if Parker's covered by White, Gaseki's be the only person that I might be willing to throw. And I think that's really you've got to be desperate to throw him in there. And, and that's just my opinion. I, I don't expect them to even come close to winning this game, so I, I, I would not play anybody in there. Uh, on the uh, the Bills side, though, the Dolphins they've been giving up fantasy points galore to everybody. Fifth most points against the rush, tenth most against the pass. So I think Singletary's in for a bounce back game here. Uh, everybody, including myself, I thought was he was going to have a really good game last week against the Browns with their uh, leaky rush defense. He was not able to do much. I think he bounces back here, and I think John Brown's in for a big game as well in this one. What about your? What are your thoughts on the Bills' offense?
0: Well, I'm sad or at least my shares of Frank Gore are sad that the transition <laughs> to Devin Singletary is occurring. Yeah. Uh, I was hoping we could make it through the year um cuz I have a couple teams where Gore is like my RB3 or 4 and so that usually puts him in consideration for flex play but uh looks like those times are are passing. Uh now I do have a couple shares of Singletary so you know I guess I can always take solace in that. Uh, they just aren't on the teams where I have Gore. Uh, you know, Singletary's starting to look good. He's starting to take that role and and starting him uh, is against the Dolphins is, is a no brainer. Uh, Allen is, I think Allen's going to ball out. He's going to have, you know, he's never going to have a consistently high completion percentage, but you know, the Dolphins are doing what the Dolphins are doing this year. Yeah. So let's, you know, you you roll your roll your guys out against the Dolphins. You know the Dolphins are playing hard. You know, honestly, if you if you put the Dolphins up versus say the Bengals, uh, the the Dolphins, for as bleak as it looked in weeks one, two, and three, Flores has those guys out there playing hard. Where you, it doesn't seem like you can always say that about Taylor and the Bengals. I think they're starting to come around in Cincinnati a little bit. Uh, you're seeing some more effort as, as I think guys are uh, realizing that hey, we have to, you know, we're playing for next year, and by by playing for next year, they're starting to realize I'm playing for a te- uh, a job on another team, so I better make it look like I'm interested. Um, I say roll your bills out, John Brown, uh, Cole Beasley, uh, Devin Singletary. Uh, I don't think they even roster any tight ends. So what's not those.
1: Dawson Knox. I need a big game from him. I'm it, actually. I, I, I is he injured? It. No, he should be good to go. At least last last I read, I I will double check that really quick. But last I read, he was fine to go. Uh, because I, I need him to have a big game. Uh, he no yeah yeah he's good to go. He is good to go. So he's gonna have a big game Sunday. I'm gonna will that into existence because I need it to happen. I need him because since George Kittle's gone down. Who are you picking? I assume not the Dolphins to continue their two-game winning streak and move to a third-game third, third game winning streak, three-game winning streak, three-game winning streak.
0: Yeah, as much as I'd like to pick the Dolphins in an upset, I'm going to go with the Bills.
1: As am I. Next up, we've got a, what could be a very interesting game between the Den- Mats Denver Broncos and the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings getting 10.5 points in this one and being given the 79% chance to win this game. On the Vikings side here, where, I've lost my notes there for a second. Uh, Broncos, 20-month against Rush, 25th against the pass. So tough defense here. They've played really good. We know Adam Thielen will be out, which I don't necessarily think means Diggs has a big day, which might be another day, uh, another pie bet payoff there for, for Mr. Tony Dyer, who took Stephon Diggs. As Chris Harris will likely match up against Diggs now the entire game, and we have seen he has given up the least amount of fantasy points than any other cornerback so far this year. That includes Stephon Gilmore. So Chris Harris has locked down the wide receivers he is on, and I would imagine he's going to be on Diggs. And we know that uh, Cooks is obviously uh, you have to play Cook. I know it's a bad matchup. You're playing Dalvin Cook because he's going to get a ton of catches and a ton of uh, – Ton of rushing yards as well. Outside of Cook and Diggs, are you willing to throw in Rudolph in your lineups?
0: No, no. If I'm going to start, honestly, if I'm going to start Minnesota tight end, I'm starting Irv Smith. Okay, Smith has looked he's he's looked good when he's when he's out there, and he's you know they're running a lot of twelve personnel, so he's he's on the field, and you know Smith is running. I don't want to say, I don't know if sophisticated is the right word, but, but Rudolph has a run some very specific patterns. You know, he, he runs, he runs the patterns where, uh, uh his job is to be tall. So, and you, you'll get those fluke two touchdown games like that. I think Smith is showing that, uh, uh, Rudolph is probably going to have to take a pay cut on that. Recently signed contract next year if he wants to stay because I think they can get out of it pretty cheaply. Okay. Um, I like Irv Smith. Uh, I don't know that I'd start him in this game. Probably would if I had to. Uh, I, I'd feel okay about it. Um, is BC Johnson going to step up? You know there was a lot of a, a lot of hope for him. Uh, they've activated Laquan. Uh, not Laquan Treadwell. Uh, Josh Dotson. Uh-huh. So Treadwell and Dotson are their wide receivers three and four with Thielen out. So that's kind of uh, interesting.
1: Yeah, I'd imagine. And I if, don't know
0: that I'd start either one of them, but
1: yeah, I, I wouldn't start. I, if you had to pick one, I'd probably go Johnson. I mean, we've seen him kind of step up and have some pretty good games. Except I. As someone who owns Diggs in a couple of leagues, I'm throwing him in my lineup because I need him, but I'm not expecting a big game out of him. Like when I saw Tony post that, I was like, all right, well, I can probably post just about anybody and not get pied in the face this week. So <laughs> I'm happy about that. <laughs> on, uh, on Denver's side here, uh, Minnesota, while they've been phenomenal against the rush with 28th uh, points, but, uh, Horrible against the pass. They have dropped all the way down now to eighth most points uh, in the passing game. I still think Lindsey is a good play here. Uh, Earlier in the season, we saw Royce Freeman getting a lot of the receiving work. He's still getting a decent amount, but we've seen Lindsey slowly kind of taking that over. He just looks like the better back. I think he's fine to play him. You likely have to just drop uh, drop your expectations to probably like a middle-tier RB2 this week, but he's still going to be good. But the passing game, again, it's going to be hard. It's hard for me to guess because we do know Brandon Allen's going to be out there with Joe Flacco being on IR. Drew Locke is not playing yet. I, but I still think you've got to at least throw Cortland Sutton out there. He's just been so good this year. And We talked about him again. I keep throwing this uh, caveat in there. We kept talking about Cortland Sutton being the man here without Emmanuel Sanders. And then Emmanuel Sanders came back and played and Sutton was still the man. Sutton has proved that he is a legit, in my opinion, Wide receiver one for the Broncos and for fantasy. And I think that continues today, even with Brandon Allen, or I'm sorry, on Sunday, even with Brandon Allen throwing him the ball. What about you?
0: Oh, yeah, I'm rolling Sutton out with confidence. Okay. Uh, I, I love his game. I think he's shown that uh, for the Broncos, he's, he's the wide receiver you can count on. Uh, it was a little disappointing. uh To see the way Hamilton, he kind of shrunk in the moment, didn't really step up like you would have hoped. Um, And now he's dealing with, uh, uh, he tweaked his knee in practice this week. So uh, he should play. They did activate Tim Patrick, who's flashed a couple times uh, over the past year or so. So Patrick will be their wide receiver three. Um, But yeah, when it comes to Cortland Sutton, uh, I have, especially against that Minnesota. Uh, defensive backfield. I'm I'm perfectly happy rolling him out there. And uh, yeah, he, he may end up being my pie back guy.
1: Oh, very nice. I like that call. I will. I'll talk about mine. Cause he'll be in the next game. We're about to talk about here. Uh, who are you thinking to win this game?
0: I'm gonna go with the Vikings.
1: As am I. Next up, we've got the new Orleans saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, The Saints are getting 5.5 points in this one and being given the 57% chance to win this game. On the Saints side here, the Buccaneers, 31st most points against the rush, 1st against the pass. So you beat them through the air. We have seen that with the amount of shootouts that they have been in this year. Michael Thomas could very easily be the wide receiver one this week. Really outside of Thomas and Kamara, though, that's all you're playing, and I'm worried about Kamara. He is whether it's due to the injury or what's been going on. He has just not looked like the same player for most of the season, and a really tough matchup this week. I know he gets receiving work. Are you worried about Kamara this week against the Bucks? Uh
0: no. I I think that. Um You know, I think Drew Brees knows how to handle the Buccaneers. Okay. I I think that him and Peyton will develop a game plan. Uh, You know, you you didn't draft Alvin Kamara number four to hesitate uh, on starting him against the Buccaneers. Right. So
1: you you, you roll him
0: out there. You know, you have to expect his ability uh, as a pass catcher and and as a runner is going to get him some yards. And if he gets six or seven catches – uh, he's going to get some yards, likely a touchdown. So he, he'll be perfectly viable in PPR leagues. Uh, you know, obviously Kamara drops pretty far down if you're in a standard league because he doesn't run the ball a ton. Uh, uh, honestly, with him and, and Murray, they, they, sometimes they do uh, hamper each other's potential uh, a little yeah, right. more than it seemed that uh, – Uh, Ingram and Kamara did, but that might be just a function of the overall offensive effectiveness as opposed to the two of them.
1: All right, on the Buccaneers side here, the Saints, 30th most points against the rush, 11th most against the pass. However... Marshawn Lattimore is out, so that is why I'm going with my not my most aided player, probably. Well, I mean, he's right there with Amari the Cooper. They might be a virtual tie for me, but Mike Evans is who I'm picking as my pie bet winner this week. I think he is going to go off. Marshawn Lattimore has shut him down whenever they played with Vladimir out, it looks like Eli Apple is going to be on Mike Evans. And I would not be surprised if me and you played for the Buccaneers and you or me were quarterback and the other was wide receiver that we wouldn't be able to put up points on Eli Apple as much as I love the former Buckeye. He has just not been good the past couple years. I think Evans is going to have a big day as I do Godwin. I don't know why I'm going to ask you this because I know you, you hate Ronald Jones with a passion, but uh your thoughts on Ronald Jones in this one. It is a bad matchup for him as these Saints are one of the best teams against a rush. Uh do you think he has any chance to bring back any kind of fantasy value this week?
0: I I don't. Okay. Unfortunately, I I do have to start him in a game and and it's it's not based on opportunity.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, he's going to get the opportunity. Uh may, maybe the pass catching is is not a mirage and maybe that does continue to to grow and stay at a high level or a high high volume um but against a rush defense a, a stout rush defense you know jones just doesn't have good vision and if you've got a great front and great linebackers it's hard for him to run because he just can't see where the hole is he 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 just unless it's wide open and even then it's a 50-50 shot that he's going to see it so, he's not a great runner. He's getting volume. If he can continue to get the volume in the passing game, then maybe he's going to be serviceable uh, this game. But, it, I, I honestly, it wouldn't surprise me to see him put up a, a 10 for 27 game.
1: Uh-huh. Well, I'm going to call it right so, now, buddy. Uh, maybe this will help you out. He's going to get at least 13 points of fantasy this week, I think. I think he's going to get a touchdown. Yeah. He's going to do just enough. Well, I'm going to have to
0: start him. I've I've got a I've got a team where I have uh, Mixon, Jones, and Damian Williams.
1: Golly, yeah. Well, I mean, I I'd, I'd start Mixon and Williams right now.
0: I've pretty much had to be. I've been starting. Well, I I did. There was a time where I
1: wasn't starting Williams, but
0: yeah, yeah. we're at that point now where you know I'm kind of rolling all three of them out
1: there. I got you. Yeah, I, I think I think just based on passing, uh, they're going to be behind, so I think he's going to get a lot of passing work. I do think he scores a touchdown. I think he's going to get at least thirteen points this week. Watch him get three, and but you know what? Hey, I, I, it's, it's funny too. As someone who believes so much in Ronald Jones, I actually own zero shares of him. So or I own one share of him. I take that back. I've got one share of my, my one of my favorite players, Mister Rojo. Who are you picking to win the game, the Saints or the Buccaneers?
0: I'm picking the Saints.
1: As am I next up uh, game, probably not a lot of people are watching and doesn't really have many fantasy players in it as well. The Washington Redskins and the New York Jets. Washington, surprisingly, getting 2.5 points in this one and being given the 57% chance to win this game, which is just amazing to me. On Washington's side, the Jets, 23rd most points against the rush, 2nd against the pass, so you beat them through the air. And as much as it pains me to admit this, I don't know if the Washington Redskins are possible of doing that with Dwayne Haskins. He has definitely looked like he uh, is improved since what we saw the first time of him being out there, but still does not look like he is really ready for the spotlight here. We do know this is Darius Geis' first game back. I don't think you can play him if you have him. Activate him. See what happens between him and Peterson. Uh, But I I would imagine it's going to be more of a 60-40 split toward Peterson at best right now. Do you think you can throw McLaurin out there? Just as bad as this uh, secondary is for the Jets. If Haskins connects with him on one play, he could be gone to the house. Uh wh- What are you thinking with guy and McLaurin here for the Redskins?
0: You know, I think Haskins is going to throw three touchdown passes. I like I, it. I think that the the Jets are a team that can be had. Um, I think Haskins, It's he's been treated shitty. I think he, you know... He's the only quarterback i think that it has been close uh to how Josh rosen has been t- treated he's been he has not been put in a position to succeed um and now then so now we're a, a couple weeks into he's the starter he's getting the reps he's getting the practice he he's getting the game plan he's not having to play scout team so i i think we're in a position where they're going to they they not I think Callahan says here's what he can do well what can we do to make that work we've got a we've got a ground game with Peterson and Geis where we can pound the ball so it's going to be there it's going to be a run heavy game but I think Haskins is going to be in a position where he's going to get to to make some plays and McLaurin is a playmaker I think Richardson um uh, Quinn, there's going to be some opportunity there for him to make some plays, and I think he's going to step up. He's got confidence, and he understands. I think that he it wasn't a great situation for him, and while it has only improved marginally, Callahan knows if I don't get this guy ready, I'm not. You know, it, I'm certainly not going to be in the running to get the job. Maybe he knows he's not in the running to get the job and that's why he was named the interim. But Callahan wants to win. You know, the coaches and the players want to win, even if the team wants to tank. Uh-huh. Uh so the Redskins aren't, you know, they're not set up to be great, but it you know, they've got they they've got a lot of holes to fill, I guess is what I mean in in, in that statement. And they're but they're going against the Jets, who who have a lot of holes to fill and and have uh a coaching staff that's, you know, they're like aliens, I guess. Yeah, you know, I don't know if Gase and Williams really know what the hell is going on. It wouldn't surprise me if they even talk during the week. Um, so I think Haskins is in, in an opportunity where he's going to be able, he's going to be given the opportunity to make some plays, and I think if given the opportunity, he'll be able to convert some of them. So I expect Haskins to have a good game. Uh, and And if he makes a couple connections early, I think that opens it up for uh, Peterson and Geis
1: okay on uh, the jet side here, the Redskins eighth most points against the rush, fifteenth most against the pass. so I think Bell is good to go here Was not having a great year has actually been very consistent. I think he uh continues to do that this week. Crowder, I think, is a good play as well uh, with everything we've seen from uh, from him and Sam Darnold. I, I forgot to mention on here, I actually think Ryan Griffin might be a good play as well with Chris Herndon being out. Uh, what are your thoughts on Herndon? And then what about Robbie Anderson as a possible sleeper in this matchup as we've really seen him kind of fall off the map here?
0: Yeah, you know, with Herndon, my I was one of the people who had a ton of hope for him. I, I still do. I guess, you know, he's him and, and Joko are sort of in the same category for me right now. It's, if I have them, I'm holding them. I'm not, I'm not trying to get out of them. I expect things to be better in the future. Uh, they're both good, good talents, uh, at the position, athletic talents at the position. And so we'll just have to see if it pans out. They're both second, third year players <clears throat> at a position that, uh, take some time to develop Uh, Herndon's had the suspension and the injury. So there's, there's things going on that they need to get under control, whether it's health or off field. And uh, once Herndon gets that together, I do think that he has an opportunity to be a contributor. So I'm holding him. If I have him, I might even be looking to buy cheap if I can. Uh, As far as Robbie Anderson, I, you know, you're, he's, always going to be in consideration for that sort of boom bust uh deshaun jackson kind of play ted Ginn kind of play i think right now that's really all you can hope for from him uh demarius thomas has sort of stepped up and taken the the consistent target role for the jets and shown that uh he can be the more reliable guy and i think that uh is something that Darnold is looking for so there'll be shots taken with Robbie he's got to convert him if he doesn't convert him you know he's not he's not playing that high efficiency position in that offense so he's going to have to convert those those tough deep passes to be relevant
1: yeah I agree with you on that uh who uh who are you picking to win the Jets or the Redskins probably the hardest uh no. hardest selection of the day <laughs>
0: I'm taking the Redskins really Right with Dwayne Haskins, uh, yeah.
1: You know what? I'll do the same thing. I, I, I'd love to see Dwayne get his first win here in the NFL. Next up, we have probably what's going to be the game of the weekend between the Baltimore Ravens and the Houston Texans. Baltimore getting 4.5 points and being given the 54% chance to win this game. For the Ravens, uh, the Texans defense 25th most points against the Rush, fourth against the pass. So the way to beat him is through the air, and I'm very interested to see if Houston can, I do think they will slow down Mark Ingram, but can they slow down Lamar Jackson enough to get him to throw the ball? And if that, if he does do that, do you trust anybody in this passing game? Because for me, the only person I'm plugging in and feeling perfectly fine about that is Mark Andrews.
0: Yeah. Andrews is the play on a weekly basis for the Ravens when it comes to the passing game. Uh, you know, if Marquise plays, uh, then I think you can uh, throw him out there with some hope. Uh, he definitely is a, a guy that can make some plays and, and has uh, Lamar Jackson's confidence. But it, it's it, and I, I think we're another, you know, eight or 10 games away from seeing how teams adjust to Lamar Jackson and how he adjusts back they're They're starting to, I I think they're starting to try and figure out, well, how do we contain him? So he's not running. And to do that, then you're going to need, you you need cornerbacks that can handle one-on-one coverage because you've got to keep guys up front to keep him from getting out of the pocket and running. It's hard to do right now because he Jackson is a dynamic runner. And when he gets in traffic, he, he's still a dynamic runner and he can escape uh, pressure. So I, I I'm going to be interested to see it's going to be I think it's going to be tough for the Texans after they since they've lost J.J. Watt. Um, it, I don't care how good your backup is. Uh, if you're backing up, if, if you're a backup, you're still a backup. Uh, you J.J. Watt is one of the best defensive linemen in the game. And whoever replaces him is, is not going to be at, at the level that J.J. Watt was. Yeah. So it's going to be a challenge for the Texans. They're going to have to play the game of their life against the Ravens. And unfortunately, um, right now, the Ravens run an offense that's a unicorn. And so it's hard to prepare for. You don't see it. Everything about it is about preparing for it is special because of what the quarterback can do.
1: Yeah, on <clears throat> on the Texans side here, the Ravens tenth most points against the rush, twentieth against the pass. So the way to beat them is through the, on the ground. However, I think Duke Johnson might actually be the running back to play here, as you just talked about. The Ravens are are playing a very good, I mean, they're, they're playing a high level of offense right now, and they're likely going to put up points, which likely leans more toward the Duke Johnson game here. He has been getting a lot more checkdowns of late and been more relevant in the re, uh, receiving game, which is a little bit confusing, especially with the, the guy like Kiki Kuti they have, who's just been riding the bench for him this season for some reason. I guess he probably said the wrong thing to Bill O'Brien's daughter or something, because it has just not been not been good for Kiki Kuti. So I think Johnson's actually the running back to play here uh, for for them. Hopkins, good to go. Fuller seems to be a game-time decision. I'm not going to lie. Fuller plays. I I think that might hurt Hopkins a little bit as Hopkins really seems to ball out when Fuller is not out there. What are your thoughts on the Johnson-Hyde dilemma here? I
0: I think you can comfortably start both of them as flex plays. You know, Carlos Hyde is 10th in the league in rushing. So – that they he's averaging four point seven yards per carry, uh, has three touchdowns in the passing or in the rushing game. So they 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 like what he brings to the table. And if if you're playing a, a softer rush defense, I mean, are you going to use Duke Johnson or are you going to use Carlos Hyde? Which which one's the better runner? It, you know, Duke is a great pass catcher and an okay runner. Hyde is a good runner and an okay pass catcher. Uh-huh. I do think there's some overlap in their games, uh, but definitely one is a better receiver and one is a better runner. So i I think you roll if you have them, you roll both of them out there as you know low end flex plays. Okay. Um, Duke, you know, I, I think Duke is starting to gain the confidence of. Deshaun Watson Watson notoriously has been the guy who throws the least amount of passes to his running backs which is easy to see I guess if you've got you know DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller um I probably wouldn't be looking to throw to my backs either (laughs) um but Duke is gaining the confidence in in, from uh, Deshaun Watson and so they're not afraid to to get the ball to him in the passing game and let him make some plays so uh I, I definitely think it's a it's a Hopkins game.
1: Yeah. I hope so. I really do hope so. Uh, who are you picking to win, the Ravens or the Texans?
0: I'm going to go with the Ravens.
1: I'm going with the Texans. I think it's going to be a great game between these two. I think Texans just barely pull off the win in this one. Next up, Arizona Cardinals and the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers are getting 10 points and the 85% chance to win this one. On the uh, the 49ers side here, I mean, Cardinals 12th and literally number 12 against the Rush and the pass here. Yet, I really think it's just Tevin Coleman and your guy Debo Samuel, especially if we are going to see Emmanuel Sanders out in this one. Even if Emmanuel Sanders is in, Samuel has really kind of stepped up here the past couple weeks. The only well oh, I take that back. If Sanders is playing, I would feel it's okay putting Sanders in my lineup. If not, it's just Coleman and Samuel for me. What about you in this 49ers offense?
0: Well, I think uh, Ross Dwelly is a guy you'd want to play too. Okay. If Kittle is out, uh, he's, uh, I'd be you –
1: know, I'd imagine he's out. From everything I've read, it looks like yep. there's no way he's playing this weekend.
0: So Dwelly is playing well, and while he's no George Kittle, um, I, I think uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has confidence in his ability – and Kyle Shanahan has confidence in his ability, so they, they aren't afraid to throw the ball to him. Uh, and against a, a notoriously bad versus the tight end team, I, I think you've, you've got to put him in there and hope that the matchup play lives up to its, uh, its hype. Um, you know, if Coleman is playing, uh, or Coleman is playing, um, it's hard to trust him for high level numbers. When all those backs are so interchangeable. So what is Mostert out? Or is uh, Breda out? Uh, Breda, I believe
1: is out. I don't know about Mostert. You know
0: so when Jeff Wilson is active, you know, once they get inside the 10, it's Jeff Wilson time for some reason.
1: <laughs> um, That's true. <laughs> it,
0: it's just crazy. they you know, Wilson is one of those guys that uh um you know he'll give you one of those five rushes for four yards and two touchdown stat lines and it's just crazy because he's not as big as Coleman is. So I, I don't know man it's I' I'm not I, I'll start Coleman regardless because he's the lead back there, but anybody else, I think you have to kind of look at him as a low end Flex play. You know, whether it's Breda or Mostert or, or Wilson, whichever one is in there, then you, you kind of just take a look at it and, and, uh, hope they get enough touches to score you, you know, six to 10 to 12 or 15 points, depending on what the touchdown upside is. Wide receiver wise, without, without, uh, it's certainly not going to be Dante Pettis. We know that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) unfortunately. All the love for Dante Pettis earlier in the season, and it has all come crashing down on him this year. Let's see here on the, um, I forgot who we're talking about here, the Cardinals side. Uh, 49ers, 29th most, uh, 29th really fewest against the rush, and 28th against the pass. They've been phenomenal defense. We all know that. So I pretty much, for me, means, You're not starting any Cardinals. We don't know what's going to go on with DJ and Drake. Uh, I love Christian Kirk, but that means he's likely going to be the focal point of that San Francisco 49er secondary this week. So I'm not starting any Cardinals. What are you doing with this Cardinals offense?
0: Uh, Their desperation plays at best. Um, Probably the, the, Honestly, the guy that I would start with the most confidence in Arizona, and this is going to be a, a huge shock to you, is Andy Isabella.
1: Okay. Why?
0: Because, because it's going to be – the, the way I see it playing out is Kyler Murray's running for his life, and Andy Isabella is fast. And it's – you know, I'm running – and. I'm Murray. I'm running to save my life. Isabella's getting behind the defense and I'm just chucking it out there. It's it's the Hail merriest of Hail Mary plays. <laughs> you know, if I'm looking at my last flex spot and I'm looking at somebody that has a, you know, a 10 point ceiling and an eight point floor, or Andy Isabella, I'm gonna throw Isabella out there on the hopes that. You know, he catches two 50 50-yard touchdown passes or a 70- or 80-yard touchdown pass and just, you know, throw it up to the fantasy football gods.
1: Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Who are you picking to win this game? I imagine the Arizona Cardinals?
0: Yeah. Shh, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, I figured both of us taking the 49ers. All right. Next up. Bengals and the Oakland, oh, I don't know why I was about to say the Oakland Ravens, the Oakland Raiders, Oakland getting 11.5 points in this one, 84% chance to win this game. The Raiders side of things here, they are 13th most against the rush, third against the pass, so the way to beat them is through the passing game. I still think you can start mixing here. Uh, He's had a couple good games now. I think that continues again. Not a great rush defense, but still they're, they're right below middle of the pack, so I think he'll be all right, especially with the passing work we've seen him get lately. We know Finley will be in at quarterback. I actually think both Tyler Boyd and Auden Tate could have good games here against this Oakland defense, and then if you really need a tight end flyer, Tyler Eifert, what do you think or what are you doing with the Bengals if you own any of them?
0: You know, Mixon is definitely somebody that I, I'm rolling out. Uh, I think he's starting to get, um, he's starting to, to fit into the game plan better. Uh, I think Taylor is starting to scheme ways to get him some space despite the poor offensive line. So for me, I, you know, if I have Mixon on my team, it's because I drafted him high and I probably. Don't have anybody with the kind of upside he has as a replacement. So you know, if, if my choice is Joe Mixon or, gosh, I don't even know. Can't even think um, of anybody that look. You know, it's I, I'm. You know, Mixon's probably. What about RB two? Maybe even a,
1: Mixon or Gurley? Who are you starting?
0: Man, that's a tough one. Uh, honestly, I think I'd start mixing just because yeah, I—I've exactly. I, lost. Well, I was one of the guys who felt that the load management issue wouldn't hamper Gurley's production. Uh, I was wrong in part just because the—I think the Rams' offense in general has just sucked. So, yeah. and that's really been that—that's hampered Gurley's ability to be effective in limited touches.
1: I'll give you two two more. They're they're all right around each other right now. Mixon or Carlos Hyde?
0: I think I'd go Mixon. I have more confidence Mixon is going to get more touches and and be involved in both the running and passing
1: game. All right. So I'm glad that you brought that up because that leads right into my last guy who will be involved in both as well, Mixon or Ronald Jones?
0: Hmm. Uh, I'm going to go mixing in part, uh, let me see, uh, in part because of the matchup.
1: Fair enough. That's where I thought you'd go. I was just trying to give you a couple guys that were right there. I mean, Todd Gurley's got a little bit more points than them, but all three of those guys are all pretty fairly ranked right now with with their points on the season. So that's what I wanted to, to give you. Please continue now on your analysis of the Cincinnati Bengals if you had anything else you wanted to say.
0: Yeah, well, no, I, I agree with you on Boyd and Tate. Uh, I don't think we have enough information on Finley yet yeah. to determine, you know, how well can he support that passing game or those wide receivers. Uh, I I got to think that uh, there's probably 25 tight ends I'd start over, or er, uh, Eifert, <laughs> um, may, maybe 29 or 30. I just don't have any faith that he's gonna get anything done. He just hasn't he's not the same. The the touchdown upside that I think uh keeps him in the talk as a starter just yeah. isn't there anymore. Um Okay. And it's it's hard to, to roll him out there. If, you were, if you're rolling Eifert out there, you're you're hoping for, you know, a three for eleven in a touchdown type of game. Yeah, that's um, that's probably I, fair. I think you know, Finley isn't known for having the strongest arm, so for me, it kind of comes. You know, Boyd is an inter. Boyd and Tater both kind of intermediate threats, so they they could both do well. I, the guy that I'd kind of be taking a look at though would be Erickson from the slot. Okay. So it, it's it's definitely an opportunity for uh, him to have one of those big target games, but probably not for a a lot of yardage. So, uh, you know, I I don't feel good about any of the uh, Cincinnati pass catchers this week. I mean, they're going to throw the ball and somebody has to catch it. But it's it's like throwing darts to figure out who it's going to be.
1: Yeah. On the Raiders' side, Bengals' fourth uh, most points against the rush, 19th against the pass, so Jacobs looks like he's in for another big day here. Outside of him, I'm honestly not trusting anybody else on this offense. A lot of people love Darren Waller. He has really kind of fallen off a cliff here in the past four or five weeks. Uh, Tyrell Williams, same, dealing with that injury. Hunter Renfro's had a couple good games here, but I just I personally cannot trust anybody outside of Jacobs. Uh, What would you do with Oakland if you had any of their players?
0: Well, I I think you're you're starting Waller if you have him. Uh, yeah, he's he's fallen off. Um, in part, uh, some of it has been volume. So as the as the offense has played better, and uh, Tyrell Williams has is, is start started to get healthy. You know, they've brought in a couple other wide receivers to improve the passing game a little bit. Uh, you know, they don't have to target Waller twenty times a game. So. You, his efficiency uh, based on volume is, is sort of one of those things you have to see. Is he going to get seven or eight targets? I, I feel pretty confident he's going to have enough targets to produce. It's just going to come down to uh, is he going to catch him and can he get in the end zone? So I, I'm comfortable starting Waller. Uh, I was hoping uh, that there'd be a Zay Jones wide receiver two resurgence <laughs> uh, out in Oakland, but – Uh, It looks like he's more of he's he's fallen into the old uh, better NFL player in the game as opposed to fantasy player. So uh, Williams is you you know if you start Williams, you're hoping for a big play to to get you into the end zone. Uh, He's the number one there. Yeah. And if you start start Renfro, you're hoping for that slot guy high volume kind of day. Um, I I think against the Bengals. Any of the three of them, uh, Waller, Williams, or Renfro, could have it. You know, two of two of the three of them could have good games. You, know, you just have to hope you don't pick the third one when you're you're doing your lineup.
1: Yeah, who are you picking to win, the Bengals or the Raiders? Raiders. As am I. Next up, probably the best early afternoon game here: the Philadelphia Eagles and the New England Patriots. New England getting four points in this one. Oh, my goodness. Sorry. And uh, being given the 62% chance to win this game. We'll start with New England side here because uh, obviously some news came out yesterday for the Eagles. So we'll touch on that in a minute. Eagles twenty six most points against the rush six against the pass so you're beating them through the air. Edelman is Edelman and White are really the only for sure plays for me. Sanu I think's got flex worthy upside but I'm I'm not as sold on him in this offense as others. Sony Michelle is an interesting one for me because I could very easily see the Patriots getting up in this one and then using Sony to run out the clock. But that is the only reason I'd play him. Personally, as someone who owns him in a couple leagues, I am not playing him. If you can find someone to play over him, I would because usually if it's a close game or if they're trying to get back in it, it's the James White Show. What are you doing here with Michelle and Sanu for the Patriots?
0: I like Sanu. Um, Well, the Eagles' uh, defensive backs have played well since they've gotten – a couple guys back, they're 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 playing better. Um, I do like Sanu. I think he's gonna have a productive day, so I, I'm okay starting him as my wide receiver three. Um, I don't know if uh, you go past that. You know, Jacoby Myers will probably catch a pass or two in a big moment that'll make it seem like he's producing more than he is. Uh, Nikhil Harry's could potentially make his debut. Uh, you know, Dorsett. You know, you could be in for a, a big, uh, a long touchdown to Dorset or something. So it's it's going to be a crapshoot after, I, I, I think, after um, Edelman and Sanu. I, I'm comfortable with what I expect their production to be, which is, you know, Adel, Edelman, you know, the 11 catches for 95 yards, and Sanu, you know, six or seven for uh, 80 yards. Michelle? The only issue I have with Michelle is that they're not giving him the ball inside the 10. And, you know, they, they need to I, – I I don't know why. You know, it, maybe Brandon Bolden is more explosive, I guess. But if that's the case, then why don't you play Bolden over Michelle? Uh, I don't know. He, he, if he's explosive inside the 10, I imagine he's explosive between the 20s. So. Yeah. You know, it's it just as frustrating as a Michelle owner to to watch him, you know, gain 50 yards on a drive, on an 80-yard drive, and then they get inside the 10 and they rush it three times with Brandon Bolden.
1: Yeah, trust me. Been, been there all year as well myself. On the Eagles side here. Jordan Howard came up with a shoulder injury here, and the Eagles have decided to sign, re-sign Jay Ajayi as he was with the team last year. Um, I think that's probably worse news for Jordan Howard owners. That means, for my opinion, he's likely going to be out for a couple weeks. We do know Darren Sproles also went on uh, IR, so he is done I actually think this is really good news for Miles Sanders, and I've got him fired up here with Zach Ertz. Sanders has been really good in the receiving game, and it has broken off a couple big runs, but was not really getting a a lot of volume in the running game. It was going to Howard. I don't think with JGI just joining the team now, they're going to rely on him a lot in this one. So I think it's going to be a lot of Miles Sanders in this game. And then outside of Ertz, though, I don't trust anybody else. I know Alshon Jeffrey could have a good game, did have a good game against the Patriots in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Well, and it was against Stephon Gilmore as well. But just with the way this defense has been playing, I, just, I don't trust any of these other weapons for the Eagles outside of Sanders and Ertz. What about you?
0: Well, the the trouble with Ertz is if you subscribe to the Belichick philosophy that he's going to take away your best weapon and make you beat him with someone something else, that's Ertz. So Ertz could be locked up, and that means that Goddard or Hollands, uh, Sanders, you know, they're the ones that are going to have have to beat you, Nelson Aguilar. You know, I, I, I can just see Bill Belichick, uh, you know, drinking that orange juice and grinning uh, at the thought of having to make the Eagles rely on Nelson Aguilar to be the be the one to beat him. So, you know, it's going to – I think Belichick's defense is going to put Miles Sanders in the position uh, that Carson Wentz is getting hit because Sanders doesn't know where the blitz is coming from. And that's going to put Sanders on the sideline. That's my concern. Okay. Uh, it, it's it's you know if 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 they blitz a couple times and Sanders blows the blows the blitz pick up, you know they're going to have to do something. They're going to have to put somebody in that they are confident can pick that blitz up and see where it's coming from. That that would be the only concern. I I agree that it sets up to be a game where. Um, sanders should be able to to get some yards and produce but i think it's going to come down to being able to protect uh the quarterback
1: all right fair could enough be,
0: I, I i feel like it's a dallas goddard game not a Zach Ertz game
1: okay well hey i wouldn't be too mad about that either as i'm firing him up as a tight end in one of my leagues this week again because of a george kittle injury who are you picking to win the game though the patriots or the eagles
0: Well, I think, you know, we're looking at a revenge narrative here. Uh, (laughs) And so uh, that aside, I'm going to go with the the Patriots.
1: All right, as am I. Sunday night game. We've got the Chicago Bears and the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are getting 6.5 points in this one and being given the 68% chance to win this game. On the Rams side here, the Bears, 14th most against the the rush, 19th against the pass. For me, Gurley still continues to bring that low end to RB value. Uh, Unless he scores a touchdown, he's just not going to do it for you here. Interested to get your thoughts on the three main targets, though, in Woods, Cup, and Everett. They're playing a very good secondary here. How comfortable are you firing up any of those three?
0: Well, they're playing at home, so Goff is going to play better. Um, You know, McVay, well, I've said you know a lot today. That's annoying the shit out of me.
1: That's all right.
0: Um, McVay is, uh, you know, he hasn't adjusted well this year to the NFL figuring out his offense. So whether he decides to do it in season and figure it out, I don't know. You know, the, the, the Bears' defense isn't what uh, we thought it was going to be. And while their um, bat defensive backfield is, is playing pretty good, uh, Woods and Cup are both pretty decent plays, along with Josh Reynolds. Uh, I definitely like Cup. Cup is going to get the targets. Uh, I don't think he's going to get shut out again. Uh, so I, I'm pretty comfortable starting Cup. Woods is going to be you know, a flex guy for me. Uh, but Gerald Everett, I, I think he's gotten to the point now where you can re- comfortably start him as a, a top 15 tight end. The, the one adjustment, I guess, that McVay has made is that he is incorporating his athletic tight end into the game plan.
1: Yeah, I, w- I would... For me, I do think Cup has a bounce-back game here. I'm hoping Woods does because I'm playing him. I'm torn on Everett. I've not necessarily believed in him most of the year. Uh, he's had a couple bad games, but then again looked good last week. So I would agree with you. If they can incorporate him more into the game plan, I think he's going to be fine. If you've got him, you're likely starting him. He's still a top-12 tight end. and then, As we've seemed to talk about the last couple years at least, these uh, the tight ends, uh landscape here is just bad it's just bad so you're playing anybody you think can get some points on uh on the Bears side here the rams 21st most points against the rush 23rd against the pass. so for me we know david uh montgomery is beat up in this one i'm not sure if he's even gonna play so for me it's just Allen robinson i don't know if you personally i'm not playing anybody else outside of a rob what about you for the bears
0: you know, Mitch Trubisky makes it hard to play anybody besides a Rob.
1: Yeah, that's very true.
0: So, what? Well, I, uh, you know, it's easy to pivot off of Montgomery to Tariq Cohen. Uh, I think Cohen probably, if if Montgomery is limited uh, because he, his snaps are limited because he's dinged up, I think Cohen will be the beneficiary. And uh, while Cohen isn't going to get uh, montgomery's carries he'll get some uh targets in the passing game to probably make him viable uh, you know i i thought this was going to be an anthony miller year i thought miller was going to break out uh, i knew i felt very confident in Allen robinson mitch just didn't take that next step to to make a second receiver viable on any kind of consistent basis so there's really so I I, I agree that really it's Allen Robinson and uh you know maybe Ben Broniker I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't I start don't. Ben
0: Broniker. Yeah,
1: don't please don't please don't. We don't we do not advocate here on the fantasy football roundtable podcast to start um to start him. Now who are you picking to win the game, the Bears or the Rams? I'm
0: gonna take the Rams.
1: As am I. And finally, the last game on the docket here, which will f- will end the Week 11. Uh, week 11 game, my goodness. the End the Week 11 games here in the NFL, which is just honestly kind of sad that we're already this close to the end of the season. The Chiefs and the Chargers in Mexico City. Kansas City is getting four points and being given the 73% chance to win this game. The Chargers... 7th most points against the Rush, 27th most against the Pass. So you're beating him on the ground. You talked about having Damian Williams on your team earlier. I think he's got a really good matchup here, so you feel comfortable playing him against the uh, Chargers.
0: My concern with Damian Williams is LaShawn McCoy getting back in Andy Reid's good graces. Mm-hmm. uh McCoy hasn't looked great this year, but that doesn't mean that Andy Reid out of the blue won't give him 15 carries. Um, but to to give you a short answer, yes, I'm comfortable starting Damian Williams here.
1: All right, fair enough. And then outside of him, I think for, for me at least, it's just Tyree killing Kelsey. Uh, what about you? I know some people make an argument for me, Hardman, but I feel like while well, he does, obviously, he's very boom-bust. I personally would rather just leave him on my bench because I think he's going to bust more than boom. But what about you?
0: Yeah, I I agree. I think, you know, Hardman, I wasn't on Hardman when they drafted him. I I wasn't drafting him in rookie drafts. Uh, I I don't think he's – well, he's had some flash plays. I don't know that he's going to ever have the type of consistency that Tyreek Hill does. And so – I'm not starting him. I, I it, he is boomer bust. He's every bit as boomer bust as uh, Sammy Watkins or Demarcus Robinson. Yeah, you, know, it you, you nice. just don't know. It, it it's Hill and Kelsey, and you know, let's have a lottery to see which one of those other three are going to get some play this week.
1: Alright. I, I I completely agree with that. Actually, I didn't even think about putting Robinson and, and Watkins in there. That's a good call by you with the with the boom bust potential there. Um on the Chiefs side, uh the Chargers are oh, we just talked about the Chiefs. My goodness. The Chargers side, the Chiefs, number one most points against the Rush, 26th against the pass. So Gordon looks like he is in for a big day here. Obviously had a really good game last week as well. I still think Eckler is a solid play with the amount of passing work he's still getting. But what about Keenan Allen and Mike Williams for you? I know we were both on the opposite ends of that at the beginning of the year. I thought Keenan Allen would have a good year. You were on Mike Williams, and neither one has really been good at all this season. How do you feel about starting these guys in Mexico against a defense that's been much better against the past this year?
0: I like both of them. Uh, You have to sort of – temper your expectations on what they're going to produce. Keenan Allen is is a dog. He's he fights. He's going to get you, you know, 9 catches for 100 yards and a touchdown. Um if he gets, you know, he he can get shut down by a great cornerback. It is what it is. You just you, you have to live with that. Uh you know, every every big time player has a game where they they get shut down or things just don't go their way. I attribute Allen and Williams uh, not meeting our expectations uh, to Phillip Rivers. Uh He just hasn't had as good a year. And there's not a, there's not much you can do about that other than, you know, hope the offensive line steps up. They've had three offensive linemen starting offensive linemen miss significant time, I believe this year. And when that happens, it's, it's a tough situation. but everybody has to deal with injuries, so I, I like Williams and Allen. You know, Williams plays the deep threat outside, low percentage throw game, and you, you if you're playing if you're starting a guy that plays that game, you have to live with you know those five target, two catch, seventeen yard games. It, it just is part. It's part of the deal. You know, we draft these players. We, we have an idea who we think they are. Sometimes we're right, sometimes we're wrong. Williams is a big play, red zone threat, get down the field, out-muscle his, his defensive back, make tough catches, high-point the ball guy. Allen is a, a great route runner, intermediate play. Uh, if he gets behind you, he's going to be hard to catch. Gets gets by with a lot of volume that's just who they are i think that's who they'll continue to be i'm perfectly comfortable starting both of them
1: all right i like it who are you picking to win the game though the chargers or the chiefs
0: i'm gonna go with the chiefs
1: as am i so before we I cut just out can't here.
0: go against yeah i
1: yeah i'm right there with you before we cut out of here, let's talk about the pie bet. So you got you kind of brought us into this against the fantasy alarm uh, show on SiriusXM last week. Uh, I, I do want, I have to toot my own horn here. Pick Christian Kirk was the best wide receiver on the week last week. You're welcome, America. I thought that that was a, was a very good call. A little bit worried about my call this week and picking Mike Evans. I don't know if he finishes wide receiver one. I just need him to outscore Stephon Diggs, who Tony has picked. Uh, who lost the pie bet last week. You took Marvin Jones. He took Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, Marvin Jones just barely outscored Emmanuel Sanders. I, I I feel like you should probably be thanking the football gods a little bit in that one since Sanders got hurt because I think he only outscored him by like half a point or something like that, right?
0: Point three.
1: Point three. So had he not gotten hurt, you were probably going to be the one posting the video last week on the pie. So we know who... Who Tony picked in Diggs. I picked Mike Evans. Who are you taking for your pie bet bet this week?
0: Well, I'm going to take a guy that I just talked about having a, uh, getting a high volume of targets. I'm going with Keenan Allen.
1: Okay.
0: So, it's it's in the, the roundtable bet so far, it's Diggs versus Evans versus Keenan Allen. Yes. So, the Fantasy Alarm guys. So, Howard picked Michael Thomas. Justin Fensterman picked Tyreek Hill. Jim Bowden picked DeAndre Hopkins and Anish Sridhar picked Chris Godwin, so it's a double pie thing. So we have to beat the lowest score of them as well as beat the lowest score amongst ourselves. Yeah. So it, it's going to be tough. I they they you know I, I think it might be you. I think this is going to be one of those Chris Godwin weeks, and Mike Evans has one of those, you know. 30-yard game kind of things. You might Um, be in for a tough one.
1: I I hope not. That's why I said when I posted, I was like, you know what? (laughs) I'm going to take a little bit of a risk here because we all know how much I hate Mike Evans. And watch, my hate for Mike Evans is going to grow a whole lot more if I end up getting pied in the face this week. I'm just going to admit that right now. Matt? Yeah.
0: Meet my friend Karma. Yeah. Meet my friend Matt.
1: I know. It's going to be bad. Hey, buddy. And
0: and the charity that this – raises money for it's the children's fund yes. and you can find that uh on uh twitter at children's underscore fund and it helps uh to raise money for uh underprivileged privileged children that are in difficult situations that need help and and uh it's it's a great cause
1: yeah yeah we're glad to uh, have jumped on here and, and, and just be a part of it and get the get the notice and everything out there and i'm Really hoping and excited to see you or Tony posting videos, uh, this week of getting pie in the face and not me. Cause I, my wife, I already know is going to very much enjoy it if I do. Cause she was kind of hoping I would have lost last week to do it. So we'll see what happens. I can't yeah. wait to see who wins there. I'm sure will be a lot more, uh, trash talking and everything going on in our group chat, depending on who. I'm, I'm just telling you right now, if Mike, if Mike Evans loses me this bet, Monday's podcast <laughs> is not going to be pretty. That's, that's just the way I'll put it. But, Dennis have a good weekend buddy I'm glad we got a chance to do this show with uh, with the stuff we both had going on Friday we're able to connect this morning and get it done uh, enjoy the Buckeye game today enjoy your weekend hope you win a, win all of your matchups because I don't think we're playing each other in any leagues this week and I look forward to talking to you again next week right on prepare for glory I don't know if you got your pop on ready. Do you got your pop on red I came out the wide
0: already for an unbelievable touchdown!
1: I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Or they tackle him in the corner? Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play? I can! <laughs> I can. <laughs>